Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Oh man, do you want to talk about this episode? <laughs> okay, I have comments though before we start. Listen, <laughs> I was thinking about it. Okay, I, it's the case. I don't care about the case again. I don't. Yeah, it's because the like the B storylines are just way they're way more better. Interesting. Yeah. But also, okay, so when I went back and watched it again, for Uh some reason, that was my third time watching it, but I didn't notice it the second time. But so I'm watching it again, and I'm like, you, it's obvious. Yes, I, listen, when I was watching it today, making notes, I thought, it's so obvious what's going on here. It's so obvious. But It's classic. Like a classic whodunit. Not even. It's Strangers on a Train. Like, it's oh, yeah. uh, Alfred Hitchcock. It's the same. Everybody knows the story. Have you ever seen yeah. that movie? Probably not. It's Black. I Black. have, surprisingly. You saw Strangers also on a Train. Various, yes. There's also various spin offs of it, or like, not spin offs, but like. Honey, Alfred Hitchcock is the mat. Like, I love I Alfred Hitchcock. I guess that's Hitchcock. like the OG. I love Alfred Hitchcock. He does great, great. Some great movies out there. North by Northwest, Strangers on a Train. He did, what, 39 Steps, obviously. Oh, boy. The Birds and Psycho. I don't know what you do. I can hear you if that's what you mean. (laughs) You disappeared. Keep going. What other stuff did he do? All those movies I just mentioned. Oh, you're back. Yeah, that was my main thing. It was very obvious. And also, kind of, when we're done talking about it, I want to talk about the timeline. Yes, we definitely need to talk about that. I have specific things that I noticed about the time passing. Yeah. More than anything, I was very focused on Booth's ties in this episode. Okay. I made a note. And his general sexiness or? God. (laughs) Can I tell you, this is another episode where he looks so good i want to know who does his facials like who's doing his 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 uh face prep like his makeup artist any somebody's yeah, doing he something does, he, he looks to his fresh. skin somebody's doing something rested. to his skin it's just you know what you know what's happening to his skin kelly what what's happening he's going to therapy oh yes of course i was hoping you weren't going to say the other thing but um yeah, it could be just him. What's the getting, other thing? Well, just like, you know, Brennan, jealousy, whatever. Oh, you know. yeah. You know that thing that I've been obsessing over for weeks? <laughs> you keep talking about it. And honestly, <laughs> it's present in this episode, but not quite as harsh as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be really, it's really. upset. I'm like, watch for it. Ah. I know, but it's not that um, perceptible, I don't think. Is that a word? I don't know. And maybe Is I that... want to see it. Maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah, you do. I think you 100% do. 100%. Maybe that's why. Let's welcome, do it. Welcome, 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 everyone to this episode of Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. And today, 
we're going to be talking about season two, episode 15. The bodies in the book. Woo! And it was directed by Craig Ross Jr. Tell me about him. Tell me about him. Does he, does this name sound familiar at all? Because he is the director of Aliens in a Spaceship. Yes. Yes. And he is the person of color. That's what I brought it up. And I wasn't sure yes. if he was the only one, only person of color who ever directed this show. But I did notice. Yes, you're right. He did Aliens in a Spaceship, which is another one we loved. We loved it. And I think there's some directorial choices in this episode um, that maybe we'll talk about, but that are somewhat similar, like the filming style, obviously, um, is quite similar. I thought that you took off your shirt as well as your sweatshirt for a second there. I was like, oh, no. I thought my boob was going <laughs> to flop out of my shirt. Seriously. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> okay. Shall Tell we me get more? started? Well, what about, uh, sorry, Speaking is that of- it? about craig ross just that that he, was he it that. i just really wanted to mention that he so he's he does he he directed four episodes total of bones okay two of them in season two one of them is this episode and the other is aliens in a spaceship so okay. what's interesting to me is a lot of a lot of the times when we're looking up who the directors are although there was 246 episodes of the show so it kind of makes sense <laughs> 246 i think um Something like that a lot of episodes 12 seasons so it makes sense that the directors would likely not just be a one-off director that they would maybe come back and direct a couple episodes of the show but like last episode the director he directed 24 episodes of the show so it's like wow they don't just do it once for a lot of the directors which i I think helps with continuity maybe a little bit well it helps when a director knows what's going on with the characters for sure yeah, but also I need you to point out some directorial choices. I will as we go through. Why don't you start us off, Brittany? Directorial choice number one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we open this scene to um, Sully and Brennan. I guess she's uh, taking advantage of Mr. Peanut over here as they called him in the last episode. So they are um, engaging in consensual intercourse. (laughs) Um, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Kelly's trying to take a drink of her drink. (laughs) Brittany. Okay, anyway, they're having a romp. They have this, for some reason, they chose to keep those sheets over them. And she's trying to, like, they're trying to have sex and the... (laughs) The phone's ringing and she's like, no, no, we don't need to take it. And then she's like, we know I have responsibilities. It could be my publisher or whatever. I, I should pick it up. My publicist, sorry. Is It turns out that her book has just come out. Um, and so she's going to have some readings and book signings. So she has to work in the scheduling for that. Anyway, she obviously gets interrupted. They, <laughs> yes. I'm going to do this when I want to say something. Yes, I like it. Yes, Kelly. How can I assist you? Is this the book that we were talking about last season yes. that's dedicated to Booth? Okay, I first think so. question. Second. Not a question. Was it did it end up being dedicated to Booth? Because there's no mention of it in this episode. Not one mention of it, but I don't know. I guess it's not relevant. 
But my other comment is that her bedroom furniture is disgusting. Her sheets are <laughs> ugly. Yeah. I she's cannot rich, believe but she has no style. I cannot believe <laughs> like she's traveled the world. She doesn't have like a cool like wall hanging. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's like not even Bombay company style. It's Leon's. It's Leon's. Don't put down Leon's. That's where I got my first bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Uh, <sighs> and like okay how horny can they be she's taking this phone call and like moaning and kissing him he's while she's on the her. phone with her publicist and she's going and she's, okay. she's like oh yes oh, i'll be there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's so bad this poor publicist is probably like what oh, is listen, going on we will talk about her publicist oh Go she's very interesting um anyways that's the whole scene basically brennan's getting some from sully the world's most boring character <clears throat> anyway um <laughs> and she apparently has two interviews and a book signing coming up so in one day by the way which is insane yeah, that's a lot but that's fine we end up meeting her publicist right away in the next scene because um she ends up at the lab without sully because he doesn't need to be with her every five seconds um <laughs> And her publicist cannot for the life of her understand why she's still working, even though she's like a successful published author. Listen. (laughs) Yes. You don't make that much money from writing, honestly. No. You got to put out like four, six really well-selling books before you can even consider leaving your job. Well, also she like it's clear this is her career loves this job like she lives and breathes for this job her whole character is based on this job exactly yes so we also meet when we meet our publicist we meet her publicist assistant hank (laughs) this guy gives me the heebie-jeebies from the beginning do you know who he is no oh you never watched that show did you better off ted you ever see that better off ted no oh he was in that yeah did he play like a similar character like kind of scared of his own shadow played a scientist a nerdy science guy um it's a little bit different around he's been around a long he looks familiar like when i saw the actor i didn't really recognize the publicist but i definitely recognized him so i've definitely seen stuff with him in it he's been in so many so much just this character, so her publicist's name is Ellen, and yes. Hank is the um, is the assistant, and he, I don't know, there's something about him that just makes me uncomfortable. Why? From the beginning, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that like he's like kind of antsy, and I were watching like a murder mystery type show, so I'm like, mm. like the whole time you're kind of like, who done it? Who done it? There's yeah. gonna be a murder. Who done it? Yeah. So, like, the second I meet this guy, I'm like, he's kind of jumpy. He's a little sketchy. I don't know about this guy, but he's also very intimidated by Ellen. And, like, she doesn't seem to treat him that well. So, that could be just something I'm picking up on from that. She's a pretty bad boss. Not a great boss. She's but why also did telling... she telling <laughs> Brennan to go to therapy? Yeah. 
in front of Booth. Poor so guy. That, well, Booth shows up during this conversation. So she's telling Brennan to go to therapy in order for her to get over the idea that she should keep her job at the Jeffersonian so she could pursue writing books. Anyway, it was very weird. That was part one of needing therapy. Part two was, oh, is this the FBI agent from the books? Oh, no, no. No, no, he's not the sex dreams that I have. That uh, this isn't my uh, my my lover in my mind. Yeah, anyway, they're like, no, 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 and she's like, oh yeah, you know what? I have that therapist number. I'm gonna send it on to you. It's like, yeah, but no. then why did Booth thinks Booth says, oh no, she's already got someone. And yeah, he's referring to Sully. Yeah. And he's making fun of how short Sully is. Yeah, which he's not that much shorter than Booth in he the actual show. He is pretty short, though. He is pretty short. Is though. he? Yeah. Like, it was noticeable. she's very tall. So Well, like, short compared to Booth. Yeah. And she's 5'9", so, like... Is she? I, yeah, Do I think so. We looked five, that eight up. 5'8 or 5'9"? Yeah, he's I the think same think we looked it up. as her. Okay, yeah. Okay, so he's not, like, a giant, but still... So this is the beginning, just like Booth makes comments about Sully throughout this whole episode to kind of, in my mind, kind of undermine him to, to Brennan. And yeah. this is kind of the beginning of that. Oh yeah, he's kind of short. Like just little things. And Brennan is constantly sticking up for Sully and like, oh, come on, come on, Booth. Like you're just freakishly tall, like whatever. <laughs> so we don't really, at this point, we don't know if there's a case. We don't know anything about a case. We just know that Brennan is having a good old time. She's getting laid. She's coming to work, loving her job. She has a successful book. Things are great. Except in the next scene, we are at a marina. I just yes. looked up David Boreanaz's height and he's only like five centimeters higher, taller than Eddie. I thought so. He watching just looks the show, bigger. Like, he looks I think bigger. It was the direct. That's a directorial. It's a choice. I guess choice because it's like how they film so that Gandalf <laughs> or like Hagrid in yeah. Harry Potter looks so much huger than these kids. Yeah. So I guess they wanted him to look bigger, but okay. So we get to the marina and we had to hear about the whole book issue thing because it appears we have a copycat situation um maybe brennan has a big fan and they decided to go and murder someone exactly the way that she does at the very beginning of her book um and so they like are pulling up this body that is attached to an anchor Brittany, with red you're tape. skipping over very important things okay tell me tell me what am i missing David looks so hot right now. And he's... <laughs> he's wearing. Oh my god, zooming on me! I can't, I can't move anywhere, and it doesn't zoom. He's got denim, like he's got this really nice dark denim shirt on and jeans. He looks very, very hot. Super casual, which I thought it was a work day, but whatever. And they Part do the marina. Talk... Well, yes, and but. He brings up the fact that, yes, this, this scene, this scenario is very similar to the one that she wrote in her book. And she was so surprised that Booth read her book. That was the first, one of the first things I noticed. Yes. 
She was like, Which wow, you weird. read my book. Like, oh, you read my book. And he's like, yeah, if you had time to write it, of course I'm going to have time to read it. But it's like what you said before, is this the book that she dedicated to him? Because if it is, I love why that he's not bringing no it up. Mention? I kind of like that he's not bringing it up, though. Maybe. Maybe he brings Unless it she, up like, later. she changed it to, like, I love you, Sully. No. <laughs> We no it was way printed before before no, this guy came around. No way. How long do you think it's been since she went to Florida and she met Sully? Well, she says in the show how long they've been dating. Oh yeah, she does. Okay, <laughs> no, we'll come back. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, the situation's not good. This body is at the bottom of the water. So sad. He's dead. Um, and unfortunately he's dead. Unfortunately he died. (laughs) Unfortunately he died. Um, yeah, this body does not look good. And I'm very curious. We're going to find it in the next scene, how long this person has been dead, but like, not good at all. Well, Um, it's just, it's the scenario is that he's attached to an anchor in the bottom of the bay and he's wrapped in red tape. So no rope. Or anything just like in to her time book. on, just like in the book, yeah. which I think her book is called Red Tape. Anyway, we'll get to it. But Hodgins loves this book. Apparently, he's also read it because he's we'll eating get into it up, that apparently. because before that, we have our intro. So Hodgins is like obsessed. He's like, oh my God, what a great idea. You put red tape on them because they're supposed to be like, it was supposed to be like a a commentary on politicians and bureaucracy. And anyway, apparently the red tape was supposed to be symbolic, a way to dispose of bureaucrats. Right. So they determine Cam, Zach, and Brennan are looking over the remains of the victim that was fished out of the water. They determine that he's been in his 30s or 40s and he's been dead for about five days. Five days? Then, Based on this body. Tell me I more know. about that, Cam. Kelly. Well, Cam's surprised how quickly the remains have been deteriorated. And then Hodgins! Hodgins. He starts blaming the crabs for eating the body. Um, it's blue crab season. It's crab season. Zach. Uh, says the person was shot. And then this is when we talk about Brennan's book. Cam brings up, like, asks Brennan how similar the scenario was to the depiction from her book. Zach and Hodgins are very familiar with the book's plot, it seems. And everyone is referring to this book. And Brennan is becoming increasingly more uncomfortable with this because she doesn't want people to jump to conclusions. And, you know, it could be just a coincidence, blah, blah, blah. But I think that Brennan is showing a lot of denial here. 100%. I was going to say the same thing. That's what I wrote here. I'm like, denial, denial, denial. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So it's very bad. I, 
I don't know. I think, do you think, quick question, yes. do you think that she gave Hodgins and Zach and Angela like a... I think everybody would have gotten a copy. Everybody would have gotten a copy fresh out of the box. You open the That's box, you thinking. open it, yeah. and you give it out to everybody at the office. When I Because you get a box of books of your own. Yeah. When I... I think it was the fourth... You know, Harry the last Potter time I wrote a out. book. Like yesterday, obviously. <laughs> Talented author. Exceptional cleaner. Fantastic cook. Um, when I was, I have no idea how old I would have been, like 13. I'm not even sure. Um, but whenever the fourth Harry Potter book came out, my friends and I, as you did when you were in your early teens and Harry Potter obsessed and not nerds at all. No, not nerds. at all. You're it's perfectly fine. normal. Go on. Dressed up <laughs> in Harry, Harry Potter costumes and went to the bookstore and stood Which in line at midnight. Perry Hotter. Yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. I love Perry Hotter. <laughs> you dressed up. We dressed up. Who are to you? See her, to get the Harry Potter books. Obviously, Hermione. Hermione. I was going to say. Hair. Hermione. I didn't have to do much with this. Didn't have to hair do much. To become exactly. Hermione. Just like um, spray water in it, so she's always wet. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I think I just brushed my hair. <laughs> it looks the same. So we like lined up, and then when I got the book, like I bought the book, whatever. Like, thanks, mom and dad, for giving me money because I'm pretty sure I was 13. Like, I don't think I even started babysitting yet. But I was like, can I have the box? that the book came in i would like the box so like i wanted the box that like came from england or something <laughs> and when we were moving when i was it like didn't 18, come from england we found, no You're crazy <laughs> so when i was like 18 years old i my parents moved from the house i grew up in really and we found this box and obviously threw it out but like <laughs> what is wrong with me anyway that just reminded me of this story i'm gonna move on to our episode it also explains a lot <laughs> about your last moving experience <laughs> i you know what that's one of my i'm not good I, at moving i have a real big problem when i go to someone's house and they have like empty boxes it drives me i want to murder them like i'm like what is this doing here like it's absolutely crazy to me <laughs> oh i think i didn't give you the full tour last time you were here we'll have to give you the full tour oh yeah next time. i want to see the the room with the empty boxes that's what i want to see <laughs> we have a room uh, full of boxes full. okay we, we not empty get, though they are full yeah it's the next it's late next so we gotta keep going i want to talk lab. about this because it made me laugh so much um Please tell me tell we me go everything to angela's office will you, she's will you... <laughs> <laughs> okay i will <clears throat> We go back to Angela's office and she sent a composite <laughs> sketch of the victim. <laughs> Carry on. It, Hodgins starts whispering to Angela about how he found a bunch of dirt and he's talking about this or that. And then Angela looks at Hodgins and goes, did you have to whisper that to me? <laughs> and then Booth leans in on her other ear and he starts whispering to her. He goes, you have to check the DMV files for this. Like, it's so... <laughs> and she and just I, does it. Like, she doesn't like, react. That was so funny. <laughs> Can I tell you? Booth was so 
funny in this episode. Oh, yeah, he was so good. He was so Especially good. Especially the moments between, like, where he was in the room with Sully and Brennan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, he was good. So Booth pulls Brennan aside at this point and asks how she's doing because he, too, thinks that this has something to do with her book. And she's incredulous. She just thinks it's absolutely crazy that everyone's drawing this conclusion. Then Sully walks in at this point and she's surprised. Everybody's surprised to see him, especially Booth. Booth is like, please leave. Sully this is my wants partner. Well, Sully wants to help with the investigation. And this is where this like weird, very weird dynamic happens. Yeah. I don't know how I would react if my friend did this to me. They're supposed yeah. to be friends. They're supposed to be friends. Also, hashtag, does Sully have an actual job? <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like, he's just able to be there on a whim. He, he's apparently a profiler, but normally aren't but only for two years. <laughs> aren't they in like a different place like like working for criminal minds <laughs> anyway Booth I, is so ugh. put out by this he's so put out and brennan is getting insulted by all this like male ego shit happening and angela's over by her computer going oh my god testosterone spill on aisle four and <laughs> The pissing match has begun. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, yeah. This is definitely the beginning. Booth kind of dropped a little bit at the very beginning of the episode with the height comment. But now that they're in the same room, it's like, whoa. Yeah. This is not good. <laughs> and Brennan's also like talking to Sully like he like he's the person that she needs to talk to about the investigation. And Booth is like, ah, hi. I'm in charge of this investigation, not Sully. Like, let's not confuse this. You thought that Brennan was talking to him like that? I thought so. I also thought Brennan generally also just gen just didn't really want him there. Oh, and honey. Reassigns him to be like, okay, go check Brennan the fan mail. Get out of here. Not, Brennan did not want this. She wants at all. none of it. No. no. And I like, like and that. I like I I like that too. I have things to say about this whole situation. Yeah. But I appreciated her setting the boundary and saying, get out of here. Like, this is well, not. I appreciated that. But at the same time, it goes to show, I think it showcased to me that they're not on the same page. Because if, if he actually truly knew her, he would know showing up in the middle of the day when she's trying to work and like she he that when he could have made a phone call um <laughs> i'm gonna do Maybe. a super cut of you saying that in every single episode could have been a phone call i want to see i want to <laughs> hear it it would make me laugh it's true that like don't you want to if, if you're concerned about your partner's well-being don't you call them and say like hey babe you doing okay i know that this situation is happening do you want me to come and be there for you what do you need do you want me there? No. Do you want me staying He at shouldn't home? do that. Too soon. True, 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 true. Anyway. Anyway, we'll talk about when they're... Regardless, like you said, uh, 
Sully makes his case to help out. Brennan tells yes. him she doesn't need either of them to help her, basically. And Sully and Booth both tell her she needs to be protected. And she's like, go to hell. And then, like you said, Booth yes. capitulates and says, okay, fine. Look at all the fan mail. And you, you can know look what? At the fan mail. This is where I'm asking, why is Booth so butthurt by this? Like a a real mature person going to therapy would True. go, wow, we thanks, Sully. We could use your expertise on this. Like, you know what I mean? Why not? I think that he was not fully aware of his feelings for Brennan <laughs> until she became unavailable. And now Ta-da! that she's unavailable, yep. he's like, wait a minute. I not I didn't want her before, but I don't want anyone else to have her either. <laughs> yeah. We get to meet in the next scene though, the mother from Lock and Key. <laughs> I don't know if you watched that show. No. But we get to meet the it's such a good show. Anyway, we get to meet the wife of the victim who is there with her brother, and her brother is adamant, telling like basically being like, You're better off. This guy was abusive to you. He was a real jerk. And she's very much has that victim mentality being like, what are you talking about? My husband's dead. And it turns out that the brother reads mystery novels. And it's kind of implied that maybe he's read this book, this red tape book. Oh, you're a spoiler lady, aren't you? No, that's what the, that's exactly what happened. I know, but Booth asks, like, do you read mystery novels? And the wife admits that her brother does, but it's not specifically like, did you read Brennan's? No, novel? to me at this point, and from the very first time I watched it, to me that it, this, the reason he's asking is because it would appear yeah. that this, the killer would have had to have intimate knowledge of this book. So it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I do read mystery novels. Okay. Would you have read Brennan's book? Maybe. Exactly. So anyway, so he, it kind of leaves. It is it is kind of left, like you said. It's it's left open-ended. I kind of jumped to conclusions a little bit there, but we'll find out if he read the book or not. This maybe. is where I wrote down that Booth is looking so good. I need to know who does his facials. I need David's skincare routine now. That's what I wrote. It's good down. lighting too. It's good lighting. <laughs> Listen, he's his he's got these rosy cheeks. I just love it. And I think in this scene, yes, his tie is red. Okay. So we've moved from casual denim on one yep. day, right? And then red tie next. Keep remembering. He's okay, red tie, red tie. Okay. He got a dress, he has to dress up for uh for Brennan. oh man do you want to talk about this scene i feel like sure this next scene with cam and hodgins is absolutely hilarious i love it cam is on fire in this episode she's so can i just say cam in this episode she has redeems her vibe where she's so aloof like she's cool she's very cool in this episode so what are we doing? We're back at the lab. Back at the lab. And we have Hodgins and Cam. They're talking about the red tape that was found on the scene. And I wrote in my notes, who cares? I mean, the victim does, Kelly. But Nobody otherwise... gives a shit. Anyway, the main takeaway is that we find out that Cam 
has no intention of reading Brennan's book, which means it was definitely given to her for free. I love this so much that she just says, I just can't, I don't have it in my, my, I can't read. I don't have capacity to like read this book. I she, totally understand that though. If you're around murder I do all too. day, why would you want to go home and read a murder mystery? No, I, yeah. I do accounting for a living. So yeah, I want to go home and read a murder mystery. Yeah. It's a different, not a book about accounting because yeah, she does don't make those because it would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cause it makes her like a total boss bitch in this particular oh, yeah. situation. So then Hodgins asks what kind of book she does read. And it basically <laughs> turns out she reads erotic fiction, which Hodgins calls sex books. He's so stupid. That. He's so no, it's dumb. Not. It was so funny. The way she even tries to describe it. She's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But she like really tries to be like nonchalant. Like feminist her, like, fiction where the woman, woman finds like, her power, leaves her oppressive husband, discovers freedom, fulfillment with an artist who knows how to cry and make love like an animal. Exactly. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, so sex books. And she's like, yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> Listen, I did. I read a sex book to be on a podcast. Remember I mentioned a while ago? Yeah, yeah. But I'll mention it again. I was on an episode of Boobies and Newbies, which is all about romance novels and erotic fiction and if you want to hear me talk about sex baby you gotta you should really listen to that have you listened to that episode you haven't haven't. no i have to no i'll send you a link and then maybe one day you can listen to me talk about sex so what do we have next we have um, brennan and zach in the bone room that reminds me of something but then i would be off topic so Okay. Okay. I need to tell the story very quickly. So yes. Julie was telling me. So they went to a hotel with um like both of Mark's sisters. They took the kids to a hotel. Just like for a fun like sleepover. So they yeah. like there was a pool there, whatever. And so they walk into the lobby of this hotel and they're like checking in. And then some other guy walks in with his wife and kids, and he looks around and he's like, very nice, very nice. <laughs> like apparently it was just like spot on borat and julie was just laughing i was like i don't know what i would do if i heard that i'd laugh i'd there's something about borat that makes people laugh you know it's so bad but it's so funny why is it so bad oh i just i (laughs) it's so bad i don't know mark also loves like trailer park boys i just can't get into it i feel like it's the same kind of humor Really? Like, Listen, yeah. Carolyn Park Boys is near oh, and dear to my heart. No. I haven't watched like the later seasons, but you're talking to someone who was on the OG Trailer Park Boys when they first came out, when it first was on. It was absolutely mind-blowing when it first came on the t- on TV because there was nothing like it. Like That's true. I don't I'll think Parks and Rec had started. Nothing had started doing that no. sort of documentary style stuff. And because I was living in Toronto and I was from the Maritimes, I had not heard people talk like that for years. Like I was just like blown away and I was laughing so hard. All the little things like, you know, frig off eh? and like all those little things I say. And then the other, the funny thing about Julian, like never spilling his drink, like that is a classic, like rum and Coke, never spilling your drink. Like that is just it's so funny it's so funny and ricky living out of his car and making food on the radiator oh God, his car and like, is a mess 
I have watched way more trailer, even for a show I don't like. Mark is obsessed. He has stickers on his car. Like, uh, I know he's got has, a bubbles. Sticker. Oh yeah, I've like a couple it. stickers. Yeah, there's like a a print that Mark's sister had made for him that we put in the bathroom, like our guest room, <laughs> a guest bathroom at our condo, and it is just a picture of bubbles. And then there's just a caption. It just says decent. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is in front of someone while they're like taking a poo. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect oh my god anyway so yeah some guy did a borat impression it was pretty funny when she told Borat's me the story, great. But... have you ever seen ali g oh god don't get me started yes and i Allie hate g. it so much i can't get Why? into it i don't know what it is i just i like you can't... get uncomfortable maybe it's like maybe maybe it's that i'm uncomfortable I just can't get into it. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> He's so good, though. Like, Mark loves it. Loves Ali it. G was like, wow, that was groundbreaking what he did. He was Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, he, I, it's shocking what he can do. Like, it's, he's it's very incredible. talented. I will give him that. It's incredible. Like, it's not my cup of tea, but obviously he's doing something right because he's extremely well respected. Ali G was the best. I loved Ali G. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. You and Mark. I think that you two guys <laughs> talked about TV. Man. Maybe Mark and I should start a podcast. Eh? You should. <laughs> and, it, and it can be called The Shows Brittany Hates. <laughs> Brittany's or TV. Shit My Wife Won't Watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh. sorry. We're back in the lab. And Brennan and Zach are taking a look at some remains. Oh my <laughs> god! Back on yes. track. Um, and Zach is trying to have a conversation with Brennan about like, hey, like, which is kind of weird that it's him making having the conversation, but he's kind of trying to point out to her like, there were three murders in your book. It's not just the one. Does the FBI know that there's a second murder? And she's in complete denial. We've already talked about that. She doesn't even want to admit that there could be a second murder. She doesn't, she's like, just focus on this one set of remains, Zach. Basically, shut up. Um, anyway, Booth comes in and is like, okay, Zach, don't worry. Like, we got it. We know exactly what's going on. Um, and points out that what we already knew all along, that the victim appears to have been very abusive to his wife there were several er um visits that she or there were some medical records that he was showing them of some er visits broken ribs concussions bruising it was very clear that he was abusing her um so they come to the conclusion because hodgins comes in with some information on the red tape they come to the conclusion that it probably was the brother that they think that it probably was the brother that was involved in this murder because the red tape that they're using is yeah it's used by electricians which he is not but he's a baggage handler and they use this tape to also secure cargo holds on aircrafts so which i was like what yeah i did not know that i was, I was like, like oh my god tape. they're using tape on what is it, like they're using tape on a wing like a fucking airplane wing what the hell yeah like they're just duct taping it together basically. So yeah, scurry. So scurry. <laughs> oh so my god. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've definitely seen that tape, I think, because of Mark. Mark's an electrician. So I, I like when they're talking about this red tape, I was like, oh, 
I think I know. I think I've seen this before. Well, yeah, it's just but, more but, stable or something. It's just they obviously have to bring in Greg. Right. Brother, so next they're because, gonna interview yes. Booth and Brenner are interviewing Greg. He makes no qualms about hating this guy, Jim. Apparently, we found out the victim's name is Jim. Jimmy. <clears throat> His sister's <laughs> husband. Kelly's one, over here. They have Booth. this conversation with Greg, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it turns out that the day that Jim died, he was camping alone. And I love Brennan's face. I will definitely show you. I might bring it up here and show you. Brennan's face when... Greg said that he was alone camping was just like she's like haha got you she was just very like huh her face was hilarious when he said it I think she wanted him to be the killer so so badly oh, yeah well anybody would well because it would also mean that if he's the killer then there's no there won't be murders. any more deaths exactly because exactly. they got him easy peasy exactly ugh there's something very interesting about this guy, though, which I did not know that this. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone with this, but he has something called syndactyly. <laughs> so he has his two middle fingers are fused together, um, which is kind of interesting. Booth doesn't give a shit about this revelation that Brennan is. This is him. OK. Can I say when she says that? Yeah, please. Did you notice his hands? And Booth's like, yeah, no, not really. Whatever. She says he's got syndactyly. And this bit that Booth does is my favorite thing that he's been doing lately where he goes, oh, yeah, syndactyly. Yeah, sure. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like he pretends yeah, yeah, he knows like sure. really 100%. sarcastically what she's talking about. <laughs> and I, I feel like sometimes she doesn't catch on. No, she doesn't get it. <laughs> Sarcasm goes over her head a little bit and he doesn't actually care what this no. is anyway because he just wants to know who cares what his thing is. Can he shoot a gun? Exactly. And well, yeah, he he can shoot a gun. And Hank, the publicist um, assistant, shows up at the door again, giving me the heebie-jeebies. Yes, tell me what before Hank shows up. Mm -hmm. This is when Brennan says to Booth, she starts to oh, kind yeah. of loosen up a bit about this book situation because yes. she figures like if Greg isn't the murderer, that means that. And if Greg isn't the murderer and it's actually something based on her book, then she said to Booth, you know, there's two more murders in this book. And he says, yeah, I know. And I wrote, of course he knows because he read the book. <laughs> yes. Multiple times he's told her. Um, okay. Yeah. Hank shows up and basically is looking for Sully because he has all the old fan mail. But him showing up especially as a character that gives me the heebie-jeebies and we've been through this before when i have someone coming to see me at the office our front office staff gives me a buzz and is like so and so is coming down to see you or so and so is going to meet you at the front exactly this guy just shows up how is this and why it's is the it fbi why isn't Sully going down to grab the box? A, B. The fact that Sully is friends with Booth and works down the hall from him. Yeah, we've never seen him before. Bothers until me now. so much considering Booth's attitude towards Sully in this episode. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's going on? Also, the fact that he's working that close, but even Cam, when she met him, was like surprised that he was in the city. Like, how long has he been working there? 
<laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Remember that first episode we meet Sully and she's like, oh, Sully, I thought you were going to have a restaurant by now. Anyway, it's just kind of weird. But yeah. we're moving on and we have a problem because at the end of this scene, not so good, no bueno, Booth gets a call, there's a second body. This time, it is so gruesome. I'm not one for horror movies, and this looks like a scene out of a horror movie. There's a body that's wrapped in red tape inside this, like, glass tank that I would assume would be for displaying some sort of thing at a store. Um, anyway, there are rats in this tank with them. They're being absolutely destroyed. And unfortunately... Brennan is the person who came up with this sick idea because it is the second murder that happens in the book. Okay. Oh. I found her face when he tells her he was camping <laughs> by himself. She's like, yeah, we got you. She's giving him the daggers. Oh, yeah. You know what? She looks great in this episode, too. And I did say that to Mark. Like, her eyes are so bright. I didn't think her skin looked that great, though, compared to other times. Like, I noticed her skin didn't look as good as Booth's skin. No, but her eyes are so, so bright. Like, I so green. I just need to know what David does for his fucking skin. Anyway. He went <clears> for a facial. I want to point out now, right now, that Booth's yep. tie is maroon with black stripes. Thank you. Okay. Go on. Moving on. That's We should keep these things in mind, because they could become part of a pattern. So we're on to murder number two. So this is Sadie Keller is the victim. She's 28. She lived in Chevy Chase, which you didn't need to know, but that's fine. Um, she so what? She, got, she lived in Chevy Chevy Chase. Okay. Isn't that the name of a... It's the name of an actor. Yeah. Anyway, so she is super rich. She was recently married to some dude who doesn't appear to have worked or doesn't appear to work but he married her and she's super rich so anyway apparently we find out that greg was in fact camping he has an alibi so oh shit also the fact that there's a second body it's like oh okay maybe it wasn't him after all because how would he have killed someone if he was in custody mm-hmm. or like being watched by the police um so we have two cases with two completely different types of murders, different physical evidence, and they can't seem to find any sort of link between these people or the cases. And Brennan, basically the only link is that they're both murders that happen in Brennan's book. And she's like... Right, which Sully and Booth are saying. Yeah. They're so linked. And she's like totally vehemently against this idea oh yeah she's so upset she's like i'm gonna solve this case like i always solve any case and i'm just gonna look at the physical evidence and treat them like the regular cases and you guys can fuck off because they're not linked she's so upset well she's so much in denial she has a scientific method and she's clinging to it because of course science is is uh tangible it's real you can like actually you don't have to speculate with science it's all very out there for you and i was thinking that maybe sully shouldn't even be in this involved in this at all like no i don't think it's helping i think that he needs to be her partner (laughs) like her romantic partner 
be there for her. He should be bringing her Chinese food at midnight and spending time with her. You know, things that you would do for a romantic partner. Exactly. Like Wong Fu's. Bring them Wong Fu's at midnight. Bring her some Wong Fu's and you can talk. Oh, my God. Booth and Brennan. Anyway, so, yeah, this is not great because the rats really destroyed this girl. Um, Yes. Did I skip ahead? Yes, because Brennan's pissed at these boys. She storms out. Then Ruth makes this remark to Silly. Jeez, you know, she was never this emotional before you came along. Then this starts Silly. I was like, wow, wow, Booth, wow. But, and then Sully says. Sully, Mr. Passive, he shoots right back. Oh, totally. And he says, oh, and I thought you weren't interested. I was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. And it totally catches Booth off guard. He's like, oh, uh, just go sort through your fan mail. Leave no, he's like, he kind of brushes it off though. Booth's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like he kind of feels need like. that. <laughs> well, I think Booth knew he deserved it for being a dick, right? He was oh, yeah. like, yeah, I deserve that. So just you go read your little letters and I'll go do yeah. something important, you know. I'm going to go talk to that rich woman's <laughs> husband. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So they ultimately determine they have to look at x-rays. They have to collect the rodents, the rats. Back in the lab. Have to, back in the lab. And they're going to have to x-ray them. Because unlike the first case where it was a through and through, so we didn't have access to a bullet, this case appears, it appears that the bullet did not exit the body. Like there was no exit wound. So they think that one of the rats must have eaten the bullet because the bullet was not in her body. So they're going to have to x-ray some rats. And I'm very curious how this is going to go, but that's fine. Before we talk about that, we're going to have to talk to the rich husband. So tell me what's on your mind, Kelly. Just They're so excited about the rats. It's hilarious too excited. to me. Way too excited. Because first, Cam is really excited about finding some soft tissue that she can work with on the remains so that she can do some, like, you know, examining of the soft tissue to see, like, if there's any kind of indications on it for her. Yeah. And then... that's it that was it i'm sorry that was the whole scene yeah they were it was a short one you're thinking of the next scene happens yeah yeah. which is amazing (laughs) so there's just this very like we basically have one it doesn't matter we don't care it doesn't matter we don't care but this guy turns out very small short cole's notes this is a super a guy who is of regular wealth um married this ridiculously wealthy woman who was cheating on him all the time he didn't know what was going on, but he he loved her so much. And she knew that he loved him. And that's why he stayed with her. Even though she was fucking around with everyone. And anyone well, he who knew. would listen. He knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, and he didn't care. Um, So he basically... Booth accuses him of being... Accuses him or makes the comment, like, you stand to inherit a ridiculous amount of money yeah. with her dying. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to get a ridiculous amount of money, but whatever, because I loved her and love is all you need. And it's like, well, he also offers Booth all the details of his alibi. Like he said, yeah, I'll give you all the details. No problem. He was at a town, at a golf tournament. tournament. Yeah, exactly. This guy was good. He was crying. He was very great. He was good. He was good at conveying how broken up he was about his wife. He was, but just the fact that like, and I don't know him. 
I don't know this guy, (laughs) but like, I'm sorry. She was cheating on him left, right and center. And he just didn't care. Obviously to me, he's like trying to sell this story of true love, but it's like, I think he did care, but he accepted who she was. Maybe I called him a A sex addict or whatever. I called him a simp though. Yeah, definitely a simp. Maybe that's why I'm, I don't know. I just, I I wasn't, I did not feel bad for him. (laughs) Whereas I felt bad for the wife of the last victim, especially when we found out that she was abused. I was like, oh, that's sad. You should yeah, tell me about the I didn't scene. Feel so I laughed bad out loud. Okay, the next scene. We're back at the lab. Back at the lab. And they've rounded up all the rats that were in the box with the, with the, what's her face? What's her name? Sadie? <clears throat> Sadie. And Angela's very excited. Angela is so like, she thinks they're so cute. She's like, these rats are really cute. And then Zach, Zach starts talking about how he was like the king of dissecting rats. Ugh. how good he was at it and how he did it and then right away Hodgins finds the rat with the bullet in it like almost immediately and then I think Zach's telling Angela that his method of like I think he boils them or something or he puts them in warm water to soothe them like a bubble bath and then he kills them yeah this is our first indication ever that I've Zach has never. these very dark thoughts yeah, but I've and never like heard dark Zach inclinations. Talk like this. I just thought never. it was weird. He sounds then, like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, but he was being, I think part of me, Zach was funny in this episode too. Because he was, I didn't think he was being creepy. He was being funny. Like he was trying to creep her out on purpose by saying things like that to upset her. Oh, okay. Regardless. I'm okay, so you're going to have to tell me what that's about We're later. We're going to talk about that later. Brittany's like being very... <laughs> I'm being so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Angela's upset because she's like, oh, can't we just let them be free? Like, they're so cute. So they're like, no, we got to kill them. Like, basically, I have to kill this rat for the bullet because Hodgins was saying, like, it's not going to crap it out because the bullet's so much bigger than the rat's butthole. And then Cam, our friend Cam, I love her. She pops in and she's like, so did you find the bullet yet? And they're like, yeah, we found it. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we have to dissect this rat. She's like, no, 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 no. I gave them all laxatives. All of them. All the rats got laxatives and soft tissue dilators. So they'll just start pooping like crazy anytime. <laughs> and they're all, they look at the box full of rats going, all of them? Oh, no. And I felt so bad for the rat. I did too, but Angela was like, yeah, I'm going to take my leave. You guys, you guys have got this. Yeah, she's like, have fun with the shitty rats. There's a lot of rats in the box is all I have to say. There's so many. It's so gross. We're going to talk about that like after. I like Those are nice rats. Lab rats are nice. They're pretty cute, actually. I must say. Yeah. yeah, they are. They do end up getting the bullet, which we find out at the end of the next scene. Yeah. But not before Sully comes to be a nice boyfriend and bring a sandwich for... Brennan and she is just a see you next Tuesday to him. It is not good. It is so sad. She's like, I'm not hungry. You just need to leave. And then he gets like a little too close for my comfort because she basically is like, you're, we're just a fling Sully. Please go away and leave me alone. And he's like, 
We're not just a fling. Listen, listen I love to me. you so much. No, listen, Brittany. Yes. No, we have different opinions on this. Yes, we do. I'm kind of with Brennan on this. I seriously. Am. Oh, I'm with Brennan for sure. 100%. He shows up and he wants to have this jovial moment of having it's a meatball too much. sub. He yeah. calls her Tempe, which I'm yeah. like. I've only ever heard fuck? her father call her that. And her brother. And her brother. When the hell did he start calling her that, first of all? Then she barks at him, basically. He's taken aback by it. Then we find out in this conversation that somehow neither of them believe in psychology. I hate this thing. Like, what is this world we're living in? So stupid. He's an (laughs) FBI profiler who doesn't believe in psychology. Literally, that is based in psychology. (laughs) He calls her Tempe again. They have a fight. Then that's when she says, we're just having a fling, like simmer down. And I wrote down exactly what he said to her. Tell me. He leans in and he says, when you can't stop thinking about someone when they're not around, that's not a fling. When you remember their touch, just like they were still right next to you, that's not a fling. If you need to be alone with this, fine. But we both know what we have. And I wrote... It's too much. Barf. Yeah, I did too. He leaves. exactly what I wrote. (laughs) Brennan feels bad now. And he wins. And I've decided Sully's an asshole. I don't like him. She's like totally shaken up about this. He's making it all about him. This is a serious situation. Very serious. And he should not be visiting her at work. No. He shouldn't be trying to get involved in the case. He should be, if he really likes her the way that he claims to, he should be supporting her like a boyfriend would support you. Not getting involved. like Or, okay, bring me lunch and say, do you want to talk? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll just drop lunch off and I'll see you later. Or, like, exactly. you know, like, are you busy? Okay. The fact like, that he's Leave it to her to make the her? decisions. Yeah. Not cool. And thank God for Zach because he comes in, he's like, like, after he leaves, oh, yeah, we have a bullet. So it's like, okay, forward momentum. Brennan looks, like, clearly upset by the situation. I, I, I just don't like Sully. I do not like him. He's a forgettable character. I forgot that he even existed, to be honest, in this show. And I just, he is too self-centered. He's way too self-centered. Okay. We have some forward momentum in this case, at least. Because, yes, tell me more, Kelly. Well, just Booth shows up. <clears throat> or no, Zach shows up to show Zach. her the bullet situation. She goes to look at the bullets. It's weird because the ammos aren't the same, even though it has similarities, like the two different yeah. murders. But the, shows up. Sorry? The bullet is the same, though, they think. Yeah, the bullet is from the same gun, same caliber, Same tape, same, same, same bullet. Tape. Yeah. Different ammo completely. Like the way that the murders happen, totally yeah. different. Yeah, so it's weird. <clears throat> Booth shows up and he's like, Zach, he's yelling for Zach first and then he sees brennan he goes oh hey i thought you were having lunch with sully she goes i wasn't hungry my question is what was booth there to see zach about good question if he was coming to see zach and brennan was with maybe he was going to give zach the file to give to brennan i don't know but he has a file with a new suspect and it's our friend 
Oliver Laurier from the very first episode of this show. Yes, the pilot. He has been stalking her the whole time. And there's this huge oh, like laundry list of things. And they're going to go talk to Oliver. Which you're totally right. He shows up being like, oh, I thought you were at lunch. But then he's there really only to talk to her. Because they have a new suspect and he wants. Maybe he was going to give the file to Zach and say, can you give this to Brennan? Thanks. Maybe. So how or far maybe is his he office wanted to from see the Jeffersonian? Because he's a jealous person. No, I don't think it's that bad. Maybe not. It is weird, though. Could have been a phone call. So No, because he had a file. Yeah, but he could have called to say, hey, we have a new suspect. Also, it's Oliver Laurier who gives you the heebie-jeebies because he's been stalking you. Yep. Do you want to go and see him together? No, I don't. <laughs> so Booth goes alone to his apartment. To Oliver's apartment, yeah. Yes, and he knocks on the door and Oliver's like, hey, like just opens up a crack. It's not really all that important. It's just very <laughs> creepy. It's like he has a bunch of like basically dolls hanging. Booth shoots his way into Oliver's apartment. Oh and what is the scene we come upon? My, my therapist won't like this very much, which is exactly <laughs> before he said it. I was like, oh, that's not good. That's Gordon really Gordon's funny, though, like that. when he said my therapist isn't going to like this because he shot his oh, way yeah. into the guy's apartment. But and also he could have killed Oliver, but whatever. Yeah, but no big deal, whatever. <clears throat> but he, there's all these dolls like covered in red tape hanging from the ceilings. Yeah. Like it's so, so creepy. It's it really looks creepy. like something that could be like a haunted house scene. But the rest of the place is very clean. It's immaculate. Looks way nicer <laughs> than Brennan's apartment. That's, I'm yeah. Sure that His apartment like really there. nice. <laughs> also, Booth is wearing a navy blue tie. Okay. So different day, presumably. Listen, I'm keeping track. We are. Thank you. So. Because we're going to talk timelines, so. Yeah, I do want to talk about that very badly. So Booth is going to interrogate Oliver, who claims that he was just doing creative role playing, which apparently is called CRP. Anyway, I I guess that's like Dungeons and Dragons. Is that also CRP? Anyway, so basically he's adamant that like he just wants to see Brennan. He's not going to give him any information. You're the nerd, not me. (laughs) Thanks, Kelly. (laughs) You dress up for Harry Potter one time or several (laughs) times. Also have a band called the Mathletes. Also go to school and become an accountant when she didn't want to be a doctor anymore. (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) paint a nice picture. So it's just kind of like an awkward interaction because Booth is trying to like stay in control and call the shots. But at the end of the day, Oliver's the one with the power because he's like, sorry, do you remember how many murders there are in the book? And yeah, so if I'm counting correctly, there have been two murders and there's a third one coming. So I think maybe you actually do need information from me and maybe I'm the one in control here. So yeah, screw off, Booth. He's using he this opportunity. Santa. Yeah, Oliver is using the opportunity to see Brennan. So he's trying to yeah. withhold information, quote unquote, in order to get Brennan to come talk to him. Oh, yeah. Okay, I cannot talk about this next scene. You can't? Okay, because no, I will. need to talk about this. I have thoughts and... Uh, oh, God, yeah. I have way too many thoughts. Okay, so we're back at the lab. And back at the lab. 
Brennan's getting ready to do her book signing. And I'm just going to say right now, no one would do this given the circumstances. Like no one would still go to a book signing given this situation. Yeah. Brennan and, and Angela. Insane. Yeah, she's crazy. Brennan and Angela are having like a girl talk moment where they're talking about Sully being protective and Brennan's basically saying it's a turnoff and Angela thinks it's hot, of course. Of course. And we find out in this moment that Brennan and Sully have been dating for one month. I forgot about that completely until you pointed it out earlier. That little speech he made earlier about way too soon. I'm saying he's a little too clingy for dating Mm -hmm. for one month. That's too much. Not good. And Brennan's already feeling like suffocated by this. And she feels like she's already given up too much of herself. And she's, she has her own issues of wanting to be in control. Like her virginity. Clearly. Anyway, she's <laughs> she's not into this because she figures most relationships end badly. Angela's trying to tell her, well, yeah, you could walk around thinking that or you could just have fun, you know, during the process. That Angela brings up her relationship with Hodgins and basically says that all they've been doing is screwing and eating takeout. And admits to her, Angela admits, admits to, Brenna, to her boss admits to Brennan in this moment that she just fucked Hodgins in the supply room. Can you see my face? Oh, yeah. And Brennan is like, oh, okay. Get it, I wrote, gross. I'm like, what? New paragraph, gross. Also, new paragraph, gross. On your lunch hour, or are you being paid for that? New paragraph, gross. No kidding, Hodgins is powerful now disgusting i hope they don't need to get any supplies i'm sorry but that like i just feel like it's too much i don't know man like keep it like go away yeah i I... so basically they're just boning all the time i thought that they had something more but maybe not (laughs) whatever anyway so that it's left like that like brendan doesn't say shit she just smiles. She just like, smiles oh. and, and thinks that's scenes. great. That's crazy. Oh, boy. So as Brennan's um, leaving, she runs into Cam's office and what happens? Well, then Cam is kind of like, wait, you're still going to go to the book signing? Are you insane? And then tells her some information about say, the rich lady, Sadie Keller's, uh, the, about the tissue. So she discovered that basically they, she thinks that she must have been unconscious before she was killed because of some oxygen levels in, in her blood, yeah. which is fine. Um, and it kind of explains the difference between the two murders. But again, it points out, does make sense. This is a, this doesn't seem like a serial killer because they're not, there's no consistency whatsoever between the two deaths. Um, Hodgins comes in and tells us a little bit of information about some sand that he collected from the first victim so from the wife beater and he found some manufactured sand basically yeah and he's already put out his feelers to try to figure out where it was manufactured it's going to take a little bit of time that's fine and then brennan is like oh wait booth has a suspect so yeah she gets a phone call yet yeah she gets a phone call Cam asks her, like, is it safe for you to go to this signing? Like, I was like, thank you, Cam. She's like, obviously, I'm fine. 
<laughs> he's not after me. So yeah, okay. Yeah, so all this like, is happening. This is another, maybe this is a directorial thing, right? Like this, it's very, maybe this is the way it is with this particular director, but he get, he has a lot of stuff going on in scenes. Like yeah. Cam's looking at the soft tissue. She's going to do a talk screen. Hodgins walks in and goes, whoa, where are you going? You're all dressed up. And then Lots of like, overlap between scenes you almost. Know, here's some dirt I found. And then she gets a yeah. call from Booth saying that he needs her to come and talk to Oliver at the FBI. So it's like, you know. There's a lot going on. I appreciate like how fast it's fast paced. He, he can take a story like this and make it yeah, quick. He can make it move. Which, which I appreciate. Yeah. It is I like that. Like ultimately we don't care as much about the case. It's but the case is interesting. But there's just so many other pieces that are more interesting. Agreed. But anyway. On that note. Um on that note, for some reason Sully is there. I don't know why. So Brennan is going to go into the room by herself with Oliver. Yes. Who is and not handcuffed, even though he's apparently no. a suspect. I guess they thought he's too, like... Harmless. Harmless, maybe. Anyway, is, so Sully is like, is this a good idea? I don't think you should do this. Booth is like, oh, you don't have to talk to him if you don't want to. And she's like, no, like, screw off. I'm going to go and obviously do this. And anyway, so they're chatting, her and Oliver, and he is just giving me the heebie-jeebies. He is totally creepy. And he doesn't want to talk about the murders. He just wants to kind of talk about the two of them. Mm -hmm. And he calls himself a Brennanite. So apparently he's part of this chat room where you have to identify yourself based on who your favorite author is. So he's a Brennanite. Apparently there are also... What, what does he say? Patterstonians, Graftonites. Like there's a bunch of... Have you not heard of Sue Grafton? You must have. I have heard of Sue Grafton. I really, I love James Patterson. I love David Baldacci. He's my favorite author. I really oh. like like this. It's like my favorite genre, which is probably mm. why I like the show. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we, that is somewhat helpful to know that there's like this chat room or whatever. But he, she's trying to keep him on track. And he's just trying to touch her and it's just not going well. And Booth is like, we need to put an end to this interview. So he goes to walk in and Oliver obviously is upset that Booth is there now because he just wants to be alone with Brennan. And of course, then he goes to reach for her again. And she obviously punches him in the face, except we find out something very interesting and very helpful from him punching her in the face or sorry, her punching him in the face. And that is... That he cannot stomach the sight of blood. He passes yeah. out immediately. And I'm like, oh, he's creepy, but I don't think he killed people. He's harmless. So at the end of the day, all this stuff happened. Like, again, Craig Ross, the director, did this yeah. really great thing. Because back before Brennan, or when Brennan went into the room with Oliver at first, Booth was asking Sully, like, is everything okay with you and yeah. Brennan? And then he looked at Sully and said, forget it. Like, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to get involved, yeah. right? And then after Brennan hits Oliver in the face, Brennan goes, I can take care of myself. See? And Booth goes, yeah, man. He says to Sully, yeah, you better watch out. He tells Sully, <laughs> you better watch out. And Sully is... Sully seems surprised that this happened. He's really surprised. Like, I don't think he's seen her be violent, no. right? So. It's been one month. 
Like you can pretend to be a whole other person for a month. Listen, like a month no. is nothing. No, it's nothing. As we say, you've been with Greg way longer than I've been with Mark, but I've been with Mark for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. It's been More a long like fucking month. time, girl. Mm-hmm. So where are we? We are. I'll also say before we move forward. Yes. That this actor who plays Oliver is wonderful and he's a great fainter. Oh, he's great. The fainting was great. I thought I loved him because I know he's a harmless character. And he yes. Makes me laugh. I like his character. Yes. I like him too because he does a like really good job. Harmless thing and he's very good and his fainting was really funny <laughs> i he's very he's definitely he's part of although there's quite a bit of it in this episode but he's kind of like the comedic relief comic relief a little bit yeah a little bit we got a little bit of it from a lot of different spots but sully thinks that brennan we're back at the fbi yes or in sorry booth's office apologies yes Sully's trying to convince Brennan to cancel the book signing. And oh my God. I couldn't believe the fight they had. Is this their first fight? Together for one month. One month. No, they had a fight earlier, remember? In her office. One month together? And they had a fight? (laughs) It's not just a fling, Kelly. Well, if you're having fights, if you're having fights like this, like that early on. That's Come a red flag. On. So they're, uh, Brennan's really pissed because she thinks that Sully's overstepping. Yeah. And she thinks that he's being like, because he, they're in a relationship, he's being extra. He's being a little extra. Yep. And I love this because they're yelling at each other. And Booth is in the background, like kind of backing away slowly. And he goes to his desk. He's like, I'll just be over here making some phone calls. And <laughs> he seems to he's enjoying it a little he's enjoying the fights he's definitely enjoying oh yeah the fights. he's like he oh, it's so friend. funny oh, yeah. and then they try to Fasoli and brandon both try to involve booth in their fight and he's like no 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 no. i'm not doing this i'm not getting involved so then Sully convinces Brennan to at least get booth to take her to the signing if she doesn't want him around at least get booth to take you so they agree, like they're both going, fine, fine, like, fine. And then Booth's like, well, fine. <laughs> but is this him? It's weird I to me. I don't think Booth is manipulating this at all. I think no, that. No, no, no. I don't think that either. But it's weird to me that Sully is like, at least let Booth take you. And that Brennan is okay with Booth taking her but not booth doesn't mind Sully. i don't know it just again he's overstepping so i guess it makes sense that she would only he shouldn't want be here he shouldn't be no. doing this no no imagine if he wasn't in the fbi that would be even weirder like <laughs> this is just some nice guy who's like an electrician he's like oh, i will fight for you tempe i will fight for you and Don't Booth is going tempe. like, do we not have security in this building? I hope, you know what? That's one hope I have is that Booth never calls her Tempe. I'm trying to remember. Don't like, I, I can't. Like, he never does. I like it when he calls her Temperance. Like, yes. are you serious? I like that name, actually. It's really pretty. But Tempe and I is love very, when like, he childish. calls her Bones all the time. Yeah. I yeah. love Bones. It's great. I think that's sweet. Um, Oh my God. We have to talk. Okay. Two scenes from now. We got to talk about 
Oh my God. I have so many comments, two scenes from now. Sorry, I'm okay. skipping ahead. But okay, so they end up going to the book signing, obviously, because Brennan always gets her way. And they run into Hank, who is like so upset, very nervous, very jittery. Turns out he's a type one diabetic, so he needs something to eat stat. And Booth ends up giving him this like half eaten chocolate bar. And it's not really that he wants to give it to him. Brennan basically confiscates it from him. Yeah. And I don't know, Hank not appreciating this chocolate bar. He's like saying thank you, but he's like, it's a little linty, but I like, thanks anyway, I guess. I'm like, screw off, Hank. Hank is a stress bag and he's worried because Ellen was has been gone for two hours. She's supposed to go home yeah. and get changed, blah, blah, blah. So Booth, he's so good. He offers to have someone drive by Ellen's house and check on her. Yeah. Then Hank suggests that they take the back entrance to avoid the crowd. And then... Booth and Brennan get out of the car, which I'm assuming he leaves parked there in front and he doesn't get tickets ever. Um, no, he doesn't park in front. I need, uh, this is what I want to talk to you about. Oh, okay. Because I have one thing to say. They get out yes. of the car and he's really impressed by how many fans she has. Yeah. And he's so supportive. I called him, a, he, I said he is a supportive king. Thought he was a king because he he's just is like... really he supports her through and through no matter what in every truly, aspect of her life truly like like even this relationship with sully father being supportive brother no problem being supportive yeah sully supportive yeah book deal supportive like literally everything he's always yeah. so supportive to her i don't think she shows the same support back all the time <laughs> well that's a lot no. though you she know has. what for her for who she is she's very supportive to him he's just i think a little bit more giving okay do you have this scene on your phone oh, already I open can find it i can find it pull up where they park Stand by. <laughs> because it is directly in front of blocking two handicap spots <laughs> like, <laughs> he literally i'm like hell you could have at least pulled up it's oh my so god bad. You are so funny. It's so bad. Okay, so Hank walks away. He drives away in the SUV, and then okay, and then oh my god, yeah, <laughs> he's just parked in the middle of the parking lot, like fully blocking. Like he's in the middle spots. of like he's in the middle of all the parking, like it's all parking spots, and he's in the middle where you drive. <laughs> he just, didn't park he in a parked. parking spot. He just no. parked in the middle of the thing, and like right in front of two accessible spots. Wow. So wow. Anyway, I guess he parks where he wants. I never noticed wants. that. That's so funny. I thought that was so funny. I just want to talk about this situation, okay? Yes, because please. Because they pull up to the back entrance. Fine. Then they're talking. He's talking about the fans and how it's great. And then they start walking to the back. Some guy starts running up to them and Booth oh pulls God. out his gun and this guy is almost shitting his pants, right? Oh, he yeah. just wants an autograph. But this I love how... This is a nerd who's like... This is a nerd. Can I have guy. the box that the book came in? Exactly. And he dressed signature? up like uh, Brennan, whatever. Whatever. So I just love how Booth, how authoritative it is. Because he goes, just wait till the doc gets inside, okay, pal? Like, the way he says it, I'm just like... He's nice about it. Like... He's so authoritative, He's like, back off, though. but... Yeah. You know? It's very I much like it. a... This is not appropriate, and you need to go and leave, go back to the signing. She's going to sign your book for you, but, like, get out of here. 
Yeah, but he's got a gun. And, and then Brennan's like, do you have, yeah. is that necessary? And then I'm like, I would totally shit my pants if that happened to me, if somebody pulled a gun on me. Oh, my God. And then he asked Brennan if she's going to bite his head off the way he bit Sully's head off. And she's like, pissed at this. And then I was thinking, like, don't bring up the relationship right before she has to go be in front of yeah. a bunch of people, first of all. Not Second, great. Booth assures Brennan that Sully's one of the good guys, which is like, you know what? Like, again, he's a gentleman. And she's annoyed with him because he's uh, using psychology and you're taking your therapy too seriously if you're starting to yeah. use it. And I was mad at that because I thought, well, yeah, he is taking his therapy seriously. That's yeah. the point of therapy. Yeah. He's like actually trying to be like trying to better himself. Booth but is also the only person for her. growing in this fucking situation. She is. I just thought it was. How old is this woman? Because she's like, I know Sully. Okay. Okay. You've known him for one month. Booth has known you for two seasons now, however many years that is. We don't know. We have no idea. And, like, what? No. Like, Booth, the fact that Cam knew Sully means that Booth has known Sully for a very long time. Exactly. They know each other. So... Anyway, I'm not on Brennan Sully's needs side. To be a little bit more mature. No, I'm not. I'm on, on Booth's side and Brennan's side through and through. But I just thought, like, this whole idea that no one believes in psychology is just so stupid. It's so stupid. And Booth it makes is the sense. Only one. Her character alone not believing in psychology, I get. I don't. How do you I write totally a book? I totally get it. How do you write a book? That's true. Without taking psychology into account. To it's know because of characters. The way I see her character is that she has had so much trauma. Yeah. That she like can't think about psychology because it's like too traumatic to try to address her shortcomings or like address what's going on. So she just like is like, no, screw psychology. Yeah. That's how I think of it. But okay. the other characters, like Sully being like, oh, screw psychology. It's like, oh, come on, man. Anyway, what happens? So, what happens? Not good. We have a problem. We've seen our third victim now. Our third victim is Ellen. The way that they find the body is so creepy. Yeah. When they're walking toward the book signing, there's a ton of fire ants, which is exactly the way it is in the book. And basically, these fire ants are all over Ellen. So, she was murdered, wrapped in red tape. And then these fire ants are basically eating her alive. Not alive, just eating her. It's super graphic. Very, very gross. It's Um, pretty gross, yeah. And Zach and Hodgins and Cam and Brennan are back in the lab. And they're cleaning Hodgins and Zach. Before we move forward to the lab. No, please. When Brennan sees the fire ants... Her, or you can tell her heart sinks. Like she's just, yeah. oh no, this is not she's, good. Emily Deschanel is a fantastic actress. She's great. Honestly, all of all of the actors are fantastic in this, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, you can always tell. Like they're very good at conveying their emotions beyond what they're saying. Exactly, but it's horrifying and gross how they find Ellen. But also, I think Brennan hates her publicist. Hi, Mark. Hi. You know that 
Kelly loves Trailer Park Boys and Ali G and Borat. Who doesn't? <laughs> also, look at my camera. You, look at how it zooms. Come. Do you see how it's zooming in and out? Yeah. <laughs> he's, ba- he's backing away sad. slowly. Mark poured me some milk. I asked for a glass of milk. Aww. <laughs> God, that's a lot of fucking milk, girl. Thanks, Mark. Oh, yeah. How do you milk. drink all that milk? I'll be done it shortly. Yeah, now <laughs> you're going to make me want to go down and have my a piece of cake or something. Oh, yeah. A cookie would be nice with this. Milk. Okay. What's happening? Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I know it's very exciting. Way off topic. Also, I got kind of freaked out when Mark opened the door. He said, I didn't hear him coming. So I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. Um, I thought you knew what was going on. That's why your face went like. I texted him maybe 20 minutes ago, Hey, when you're on your way up, can you keep your premium glass of milk? (laughs) Okay. Hodgins and Zach are getting these very carefully, getting these fire ants off the body yeah and i just absolutely love this because cam makes commentary on the book that she has not read and is basically just trying to make brennan feel better about the situation yeah and she's telling her kathy reichs always gets the murderer and i just love that they use kathy reichs yes because she is the author of the bones books like i know she is the real life bones. So in our world. So it's pretty cool it. that it's they very like cute. that. Yeah, very it's really cute. cool. Oh my God. Like this is when, this is the, the biggest takeaway from this scene though, is they now have a third victim with a completely, completely different MO. Yeah. Same bullet, same tape completely different way of killing the victim so this was done at close range and anyway there's a every victim was shot in a different part of their body one of them was Mm -hmm. unconscious when they were killed yeah so it's just there's something that doesn't add up here so they're a little bit confused at this point kind of making this conclusion and can sully just go away I just want to say, yeah, what was this? Oh, was they, they're at the FBI. That's right. And Sully and Booth are talking, they're walking and talking down the hallway. And it turns out that Ellen's phone, the third victim's phone has a record of a phone number that once belonged to Ashton Keller, Sadie Keller's husband, the golfer. So Booth is like, what the hell? Like, did he, he was trying to think like, was Ellen sleeping with Ashton? Yeah. And he couldn't even fathom that Ashton would sleep with Ellen. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Ellen is beautiful and obviously ashton likes older women like anyway whatever i just thought it was like i would fucking sleep with ellen jesus christ anyway (laughs) so then if she could make me a famous author 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Sully asks how how uh, Brennan's doing, and Booth tells him to go ask her himself. Yeah. And Sully admits that they're basically fighting now, and yeah. Booth stops what he's doing and has he again class act stand up classic guy he says don't let her bully you into leaving like don't let her push you away basically so i thought that was really interesting and very perceptive yes yes booth really does know brennan he knows brennan very well he knows brennan kind of as well as we know and he knows sully too obviously because he knows sully probably gets Walked all over, it seems like. Oh, for sure. 100%. Well, yeah, if he falls in love with people after one month, maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so Hank is just like really beside himself about this whole situation. He's being interviewed by Booth, yes, back at the... At yes, the we're yeah. back at the interrogation room. And Booth is like kind of uncomfortable and is like, do you need a candy bar? Can I give you a chocolate bar? <laughs> um... And he doesn't really give us too much information. The only information that he gives us is that she had very, that his boss had Ellen had various lovers, some women. And he didn't really know why she was so secretive, but she was. So he was the only one who knew about it. Yeah. She's a lesbian. So yeah. Takes Ashton Keller off the table. Right. But I don't know. It says she had lovers and that they were women, but I was, I didn't know if that meant like she exclusively sleeps with women. Oh, I thought that's what that meant. That must mean what it means. I don't know. That must be what it means. But I was just like, oh. Also. Yes. Booth is wearing a black tie. Oh, we're back to black. So hot. Hmm. That is interesting, though, because he didn't really wear much black, many black ties before Gordon Gordon. Yes. So have they gotten darker and darker as this episode has gone on? A good question, and yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So Hank is going to go through all of his old records and deep books because he's wondering if Ellen knew Sadie Keller. That was the second victim. Yeah. So he basically. I don't care like, about this at this point, like how it's no. connected, because it it all comes no. together eventually. It all comes but... together, and we're going to talk about how obvious it is. Yeah. But it didn't seem obvious at the time until you rewatch it. Anyway. Um, so this is when Brennan makes a huge back of the lab, makes a huge revelation. Yeah. And the revelation comes after they're looking at the, the different, but all the bullets appear to be the same forensically, Mm -hmm. the red tape, same forensically, Mm -hmm. every single other thing about these, about these, uh, deaths is completely different. Right. So Brennan is like, because Cam is like, where's the pattern? Where's the pattern? And Brennan is like, hey, there is no pattern. Definitively, I think that there were three separate killers here. Like, I don't think that there was just one killer. Yeah. And this is where, if you've been listening to us talking and you've seen strangers on a train, yeah. you might be drawing some connections. Yeah. <laughs> so back at the FBI, this is where Booth and Sully are walking down the hallway. And this is very interesting. Because he tells Sully Brennan's theory about there being three different killers. And yeah. Booth, he kind of believes her. Like, he he's on Brennan's side. Whereas Sully, if I feel, isn't 
he's like, really? Like, that's weird, right? Like, he's, yeah, like, he seems unlikely. And then Booth figures while they're talking about this three different killer theory that it wasn't Ellen who texted Ashton. It was Hank because Hank always had Ellen's phone. Exactly. So back at the lab, we have Hodgins talking. This is funny. He's talking about the sand, sand. The sand was basically manufactured and used on golf courses. Booth walks in and tells Brennan that she's right, that there are definitely three separate killers. And now they just have to prove it. And then Brennan. A phone call. <laughs> Brennan tries to tie it together. No. Why are you driving all the way there to tell her that? Because he has to show off his black tie. I guess so. Booth, He's like, I look handsome today. He looks very handsome. Brennan tries her hand at this whole psychological like theory. Oh my like, God, it's the motive. Booth makes fun of her. <laughs> He's like, no, no. Uh, Brennan, don't bother. That's You can't do this. And then Hodgin pipes up. <laughs> Hodgins pipes up. He says, maybe Hank wanted Ellen dead because she was a terrible boss. And yeah. he wanted her job. So Booth congratulates Hodgins on his brilliant theory. And, and Hodgins, Hodgins is like, like thanks, oh, man. Yeah. I did so, that. And I just had sex with Angela. He's so <laughs> chuffed. And then Booth says, okay, now we need to tie it all together with evidence. And we need to prove it now. And Hodgins goes, oh, is that all? You just need evidence. Like, he's just being so sarcastic. I thought it was really funny. He's such a smart ass. This episode was, honestly, this scene is fantastic. Uh, it's so good. So then it was Brennan, I think, who ties it all together with the sand. Yeah. Because apparently this asshole, Ashton, he plays golf every day. At least nine holes. Do you know how long nine holes of golf takes? Yeah, like, I do. Like, he obviously doesn't work for a living. No, there's no fucking way. Which I think they said that at the beginning, that he's just a bum basically living off this super rich lady. Yeah, so they tied Ashton to the first murder of Jim, Jim Lopota, Lopata or whatever. Imagine playing golf every day. What a life. Why do we it have to be, work for a living, Kelly? It would be frustrating Ugh. to play golf every day. It would be. I'm not very good. But maybe I'm I would get better. Golfer. Well, you'd get better, maybe but we'd then be you'd professionals. be professionals. So you put more pressure on yourself to be better. Yeah, maybe. I just like the idea of not working for a living at all. Like no work at all. Then, just vacationing this... all the time. I'm sorry. I need a vacation. I don't care about <laughs> golf, but I would like a vacation. So what did we figure? Uh, Ashton killed Jim. And then when they figured that Hank killed Sadie by giving her insulin to inca incapacitate her before killing her. And ding, then, ding, they're, ding. then they're checking out Ellen's body at the end with this reflective UV uh, light. Yeah. To see if they can find any physical evidence. And then Brennan sees a handprint on her that matches Greg's syndactyly yes. condition. Anyway, I was like, what? What? It was so wild. So Greg, Ashen, and Hank are all murderers who were all Brennanites. Yeah. They're all members of the Brennanite chat room that Oliver's also a part of. And that's how they met. And then they decided, the three of them said, we're all going to have an alibi 
because Hank, you're going to kill Sadie, the rich yeah. lady. And I guess Greg is going to kill Helen. Yeah. The... Ellen, yeah. Ellen, and then not a- Helen. Ashton killed Jim, yeah. Yes. Which we already so... talked about. So it doesn't really matter. They basically yeah. tie it all together. And Booth is so, like, he's just standing there. He's so happy. He's like, excellent work. And then Cam looks at Booth and she goes, Cam, or she goes, Booth, go get the bad guys. And he goes, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll be right back. I'll be back. Good and idea. He's so cute. It was sweet. He's so nice. He's so sweet in this episode, honestly. Uh, it just, I thought it was so funny that they don't bother. I love that they did this. Because the director also acknowledges that this case is not as important as everything else going in this episode. We don't hear from these people. They get arrested. There's a quick scene of us just seeing them sitting together in the interrogation room, looking at each other, knowing that, like, yeah, the gig is up. The three of them are handcuffed, sitting on the same side of the table, alone in this interrogation room. It's so funny. I would think that they would be interrogated separately, separately. For, for the purpose of this scene and just the cutting drama. to the chase. The drama. Totally makes sense. Plus, we got to see Booth's face in, at the end of the next scene. It's got to happen stat because I talked about it for three weeks to Kelly. So, okay. <laughs> Back at the lab. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. <laughs> Booth, I love, again, this is another directorial thing where you see a shot of Brennan's book on her desk and then you see Booth pick up the book and he tells her that the sales are going to go through the roof on this book and uh, they're in Brennan's office and Brennan says, yeah, but our ending is better than the one in the book. (laughs) And Booth is like, what do you mean? You know, the scene where they have sex at the end of the story was great. And she's like, no, silly. I mean, the arrest. (laughs) It's so funny. Obviously, that's what she meant. But he's like, oh, yeah, no, we have sex in the book. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) And then she's looking. She says, Sully. She goes, Sully. And then Booth says, oh, yeah, Brandon, you were really mean to that guy. You should really apologize to him. He's a little. Fragile. He seems a little frail, yeah. <laughs> and Sully's like, "Um, I'm stronger than I look. Like, back off, buddy." Yeah, it turns out Sully uh... was behind him the whole time. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I guess I'll um, I'll just leave you too. The reason he leaves, though, it's like so awkward. It's like they think that they're in the room by themselves. Suddenly, they suddenly don't acknowledge Booth at all. He just like no. takes his leave. No, Booth is really awkward. So Sully comes in. He's at the door. He congratulates them on solving the case and says to Booth and Brennan that they make a great team. Yes. And Booth is like, yeah. That was the end of it, though. We're a great team. I agree. And then Brennan thanks Sully for his help. Then Sully comes into her office and Booth gets really weird. Yeah. And he goes, okay, I guess I'm going to go now. It took him so long to leave. So long to leave. He was lingering so badly. And they're having like a separate moment, completely ignoring him while he's just like, I guess I should uh, leave. <laughs> like, yeah, you should leave. Get out of there. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like, we saw, <laughs> apparently people have sex at this work and Angela and Hodges were nice enough to do it in the storage locker, but or storage ah. closet. Regardless. And even though there's glass, they could well, bone and there's a couch. There's the floor. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> Brennan and Sully make up. 
regardless. It doesn't really And they matter. make out. And they start making out. I'm not happy <laughs> about the making she? up at all, but they start making out. No. And Booth Why is out in the... work. Yeah, well, Booth is, ma- is out in the hall, like, talking to Hodgins. And Hodgins walks away and Booth turns around and he sees Booth, sees Brendan and Sully making out. And he's just totally... He's so dejected. He's oh, just he's kind so of dejected. Like, he just goes, well, I guess here we are. And he just walks away. Like he's He just... like drops this file off yeah. on the desk and he's like, oh, okay. Okay, so let's talk about it. That's the end of the show. I sent Kelly on my third watch of this show. Yeah. At 11.30 at night or somewhere, somewhere around there. A screenshot. We're at like a picture of the screen. Did you? Of... um. Yes, of Booth's face with uh, handwriting, which I ran out of room for, so it's a little bit Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember now. With an arrow to Booth's face. He is not loving I Sully as a romantic interest. Jealous, though. For Brennan. I don't know if He's it's jealousy. He's so unhappy. He's so... He, he doesn't want... I think he's realizing that he has feelings for her. Okay, I have another. Yes. Thing what did you say. think of this episode, by the way? Well, first I'll say about this face you sent me. Yes. Uh, Booth. I don't know that he knows he has feelings for her. I think that he is In processing. Denial. He's processing. Okay. Because he's obviously going to therapy and he's dealing with feelings, right? And... It's just that now that she's in this relationship with his friend, their dynamic has changed. Like yeah. he has to, Ruth and Brennan can't be what they were before. No. So it's like a loss for him. It is a loss of a relationship on one level for him, I think. And it's hard. He's trying to navigate it. I think he's doing fine. I think he's doing fine as well. I just. I don't know that he's jealous. I think that okay, he's maybe jealousy is not the right word, but he's not. He's he doesn't know his feelings. I don't think for her yet. You don't think so? No, I think that he's becoming aware of them. Okay. And their dynamic and has changed, he's... and because it's changed, he's like, oh wow, I'm really missing my dynamic with her. This is true weird. because they would have these moments where they would maybe After she's missing her as a partner even solve a case they always celebrate it they would celebrate exactly they would celebrate like normally like even if it was a different situation and booth wasn't kind of going through it right now the, all three of them could go out for drinks and have yeah. a nice time but they don't that's true it's too bad but it's like it is booth's in a weird place because i think that he's missing her but he doesn't know why like he's like this is weird like why do i feel territorial or protective or like yeah possessive like he's 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 really going through it i didn't think about that even at all the fact that they do normally celebrate a case they celebrate the ending of a case and now he's by himself yeah they're not having donuts they're not eating chinese they're not having a drink together he's also not with cam anymore and as far as we know he doesn't have a partner so he's He's going home banging his way through washington no (laughs) maybe he is but we don't think so what did you think of the episode again i 
the case wasn't that relevant. No. It was interesting, though, in hindsight. They and did now... some fun science stuff. Yes. And once you know, like, if you go back and rewatch this episode knowing what the outcome is, it's very clear from the beginning. Greg Honey, did it. I didn't believe that when you sent me the text. I was like, I didn't think it was that obvious. And then I watched it today. Right? Once you rewatch like, it, it's like, oh. This is so obvious what's going on here. <laughs> But the first time around, it doesn't seem like it's not, it's not that obvious. They drop all no. these little hints. But once you rewatch it, it's like, oh, which I, I appreciate that, that I can watch it without knowing right away who done it. Yeah. It but when I nice. go back, then I can appreciate like the little Easter eggs or like hints. I thought the, it was more about. Yeah, the changing dynamics. I think it's interesting. And the only person in like the last couple of episodes that's done any real growth is Booth. Booth is the only yeah. one I'm seeing doing any growth growing here. Yeah. I I feel like, like Brennan's going backwards. Me too, because I mean, if you think about it, she was buried alive in a car with Hodgins not yeah, too long only, ago. Like 10 episodes before, not even. And... I Their relationship should eight. be crazy right now. Like they should be, I don't know. They're scientists, I guess. They've gone back to their work. I dynamic, guess. But I don't know. But I would think that they would have some form of PTSD from that. Like at least one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like that's horrible. I I have like nightmares thinking about it. It's terrible. I don't know. Did I like the episode? Of course. I loved, I did notice the directorial yeah. style. Yeah. I loved Booth. I thought he was very funny and like just the way he was behaving was so funny to me. Um, I appreciated that the end of the last episode that he directed, yeah. I feel like was almost a moment for Booth where he realized maybe not feelings for Brennan, but like that he, he was so worried that he had lost her yeah and like he they have this moment where it's like they're reunited and it's this really wonderful moment and now we're in this new episode and he's lost her in a different way and he's that... lost her again but di like completely differently it's a completely different way and because he's like i don't think it's jealousy i think he's it's no. a sadness almost like a, like I... a grief you know when yeah you lose... could be Something You're like that. You're giving me a and different I mean, perspective. I'm, I'm reading, obviously. I, I give him probably way more credit than I should. Because but... he's hot or whatever. <laughs> no, because he's going to therapy and he's doing all the work. He's doing the work. He's, he's trying. the work. Yeah. You know? I hope that we have more therapy episodes because me I do too. like Gordon Gordon. Me too. I really like that character. So, I don't know. Yeah, should I we think say goodbye? It. I think we I should. Think so too. I just want to, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I don't remember how this whole Sully thing plays out. Honestly, I don't remember. So good timing. On that note, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolenz Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.